This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a try to deep right, away, back, goal! Go Hayes, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy end blast. All rise, here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live as we are in San Francisco at the NBC studios. And we'll be here for the next couple days getting you ready for A's and the Rockies. And probably the one, you know, if there is any team out there that is extremely happy about the pitch clock, it's got to be people who work for the Colorado Rockies. I mean, because you think about how long our games were. Think about playing a mile high up. Something we're going to talk to Mark Kotze about today, where Mark – you got to remember, Coors Field is the biggest actual playing service in all of baseball because the fences are so far back. Well, that means there's all this outfield territory. It's crazy. So we always say about the balls flying out. Really, what the worst part of Coors Field is all the line drives, all the pop ups, all the stuff that's caught on a normal field is not caught here because there's so much ground to cover. That extends games, it extends pitching changes, and next thing you know, you're playing four-hour games. And the game is 14 to 12. Luckily, the pitch clock has cut down on that, so the next three days, you would think that it's a day that, or the next three days are days to pump up your stats, but when you get up to the mile high, you got to know, as a pitcher, your stuff as you know it won't be the same. And as a hitter, don't don't come out of your shoes. Whatever you do, don't come out of your shoes and try and do stuff different because all of a sudden you'll leave Coors Field with not. Stay in your game, and some great things can happen. I just want to throw out, great job by my kids we were going through is we had to switch the stickers, which you don't re- – I'm just going to let you in on a little deal here. The switching of the stickers I never thought would be a major deal. It ended up being a major deal because of sponsorships and issues, if you remember that. Yeah, I do, yeah. Where black duct tape had to be put over my computer to hide stuff. It's a very good look on camera. Right? So we have switched it out with the help of my kids, new athletic stickers, as you will see our laptops on, you know, we got to have our laptops. So you will see our laptops. So finally, we got the A stickers back up on the computer. 
I mean, I don't have anything on mine. Well, Mine's you're not. You, yeah, obviously, you're telling us where 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 you stand with the the Great A's fan base. Then, yeah, um, they're gonna. I mean, this is an A's computer, so I guess uh, if I put I guess even, if I put A's stickers on, I don't think it would be a big deal. Even worse, the fact that it's an A's actual computer, and you're disrespecting the fan base by not repping the brand, especially when we go places like when we go to the winter meetings in Nashville coming up here. This winter. I mean, we usually have a big backdrop that says Ace Cast and a tablecloth that says Ace Cast. I mean, we're usually wearing Ace gear, but now we wear Link Soul, our proud sponsor. And How do you like all your new shirts? I had the T-shirt underneath. It, it was interesting to see a T-shirt. I When I open, open up the package, and I know I have like 12 new shirts in there, and I saw a couple T-shirts. I'm like, oh, this is this is a change of pace. I like it. There was a button, a button down, which was great. So can't complain. I want to thank Link Soul for providing me with the – a whole new wardrobe, I can just throw all my old clothes away. That is the thing about Link Soul, is that this isn't just you're thinking like polos. It's T-shirts, it's shorts, it's bathing suits, men's clothing, women's clothing. It's fine clothing. You, you got a nice hat? I got a couple hats. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a way. You, you, we, we got Johnny, Johnny D got some Link Soul. Ken and Vince got some Link Soul. And it's one of the fastest-growing brands, and that's why we're so happy to partner with them because the fabrics that they have for everything. So it's whether your T-shirts or your – and it's cool T-shirts, it's the polos, pants, shorts, bathing suits, you name it, they got it. All right, we got to update some people because we've had some major news today in Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I don't think – well, we do have the Dodgers coming up, don't we? Yeah, starting Tuesday. Yeah, so Lance Lynn is now a Los Angeles Dodger. We said, hey, listen, there are going to be certain teams that if you need people, you call them, and one was the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, they've made some several moves in the last couple of days. So, but if you want one that I guess really affects us even more would be the trade that was made for our old friend, a guy that is not a one-time but a two-time opening day starter for the Oakland Athletics and one of the nicest guys. He used to be a kid. He's not in a kid anymore. Was a great guy to cover. I don't know if you ever really got to do much with Kendall Graveman, but Kendall Graveman, uh, we, we had a lot of interviews with Kendall Graveman on the old station, on my old pregame show. We've had a bunch of them on AceCast. And Kendall Graveman is a guy, he's a huge pickup for the Houston Astros. Again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, remember the the whole thing about Seattle sending him there? Uh, you know, Ryan Presley is their closer. He just hit a milestone, by the way. What what was it, three? Uh, I think it was 100 career saves with the Astros. Was that was it with saves yeah. or strikeouts It was 100 career saves with the Astros. Um, he was a guy that Jeffrey Luno and his team, evaluated, you know, they loved from Minnesota because of his spin rate. This is when spin rate started getting big. They loved his curveball. And they acquired him. Yeah, he has 101 career saves, and I think 100 of them are with the Astros. Or maybe they're all with the Astros. Uh, all of his saves, but one are with the Astros. So, yeah. 100 career, 101 career saves now for Ryan Presley. So, you got him, and now you get Kendall Grayman. And you have Montero, who you, Montero gave, that big, who you gave the big deal to in the offseason. It was fantastic. So, all of a sudden, when you start looking at – and that's what, what matters to us is the AL West. You start looking at the Astros, who are two games back. We got two months to play. And this is your last chance to help out your ball club. 
That's what I love about the trading deadline now. I hate the fact that we don't have that many sellers and it's not going to be as, as exciting as it could be. And part of the problem there obviously is when you add more playoffs, which is good long-term, it affects the trading deadline. So you got more buyers and sellers. But Kendall Grayman, a huge, huge pickup. Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, who we just saw in Oakland, didn't want to make a big deal of it because we didn't want people. We're not built, just to, just to be honest with people, we're not built to break news. That's not what A's cast is supposed to be. Even though we get all this stuff thrown our way, we're not trying to be what? What did Mike Farrell call it? Info uh, infotainment. Infotainment. We're not trying to sit here. We're let, we'll allow everybody. Even though we'll know stuff, we're not going to break it. We don't want anything attributed to us. A's cast said we do not want that. That's a business that I've been in before. Not a fun business. And then problem is once people expect you to always do it. That's when you see journalists start making some bad decisions because they want to be known as the newsbreaker. Or but, being first to break the news. Correct. Yeah. Joe Kelly got in a fight with his own teammates. If you remember, the White Sox in town, that Saturday game, the debacle, or was it Sunday? Was it Saturday or Sunday, that debacle that they had and the inning that he was in? It was, it was over the weekend. There was a total fight in their clubhouse. It's a mess. And Joe Kelly started it. And we knew about it, and I waited. It had to have been on Saturday because I remember waiting to see, like, Chicago Tribune, are they going to break it? Are they going to break this? Somebody going to break this? Because we knew from our people inside the Coliseum that there was a fight in the clubhouse amongst the White Sox players. They've been a dysfunctional group anyway. Never got out. Never got out. And I was waiting for it, and, you know, I, I could have gone on postgame that day and go, hey, you want to know what I just heard? They're fighting right now in the, in the White Sox. I stayed away from it. We're not trying to be the newsbreakers. But, uh, yeah, so they get rid of Joe Kelly, who he's had such an interesting career, throws really hard, looks like just like he's out, you know, he looks like a guy that, put it this way, when he walks out there with his glasses, he doesn't look like a guy that can hit 100. But Joe Kelly from Boston to L.A., Joe Kelly is somebody that it brings you another power arm. I think he's volatile as hell. He's a weird guy. Former starter with What's, St. Louis and Boston. That was so long ago. Yeah, he was a, he was a what star- year was it? What's the last time he started a game? Twenty. That's not counting an opener. 26, well, 2016. Yeah, he started a couple games as an Thanks opener. for that. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, what were his numbers this year? He's one in five with a four ninety seven ERA wow. in thirty one games. But he's 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 the kind of arm that what were his best years when he was with the Dodgers. Now that he's going. How about uh, that? The Dodgers are re, they've reunited Kike Hernandez. They've reunited with Joe Kelly. I saw someone joke saying, "Well, then you do is go out and get Ross Stripling and you can get the whole band back together." Well, he's a giant, right? How about get Grinky? Uh, hey, he's like fifty or sixty strikeouts away from three thousand. He's like 1-11 this year. Kansas City's Where's Mike Piazza? If you yeah. really want to get – and Eric Carroll's really get the band back. What about what about Manny? Manny Wood. I don't know how big of a deal that was when he went there. Yeah, I kind of fizzled out with that yeah. whole – Manny Ramirez has tested positive for a drug that pregnant women who are trying to get pregnant take. <laughs> yeah. What? 
the thing with uh, Kelly's best year at the Dodgers, if you he pitched only 12 games in 2020, but he had a 180 ERA. His best year was 2021. He had a 286 ERA in 48 games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said he only pitched in 12. There was only 60. And so he, he missed and must have been hurt, and they didn't need him for some games. He pitched 12. What did he pitch in the playoffs? Give me his playoffs. Uh, let's see. Joe Kelly, playoffs. In 2020. Wow, he's played a lot in the playoffs. He didn't pitch in the uh, wild card series. They didn't need him. Uh, in the NLDS, he pitched in one game. In the NLCS, he pitched in two. In the World Series, he pitched in two. He gave up a total of, uh, looks like, one run that whole playoff. Eight run. years in the postseason. Eight years. 355 ERA. So there you go. You're acquiring guys that have experience. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, as we remember him with Texas – was just a guy that came after you with fastballs. He just came out and challenge, challenge, challenge. Goes to the White Sox. Hasn't been as good, but I think. And the thing you got to remember too about Chicago, it's a bandbox. Chicago is a total bandbox. So Lance Lynn now going to L.A. I think it's a good deal for the Dodgers. At least you're going to get innings out of Lance Lynn, and you get another power arm with Joe Kelly. I think Graveman going to Houston. If Graveman pitches well, it's an absolute steal. Gives you a guy high leverage innings and a guy that can close games out. Uh, Bullpen, bullpen, bullpen plays in the postseason. And now we sit. Oh, and and Giolito. Giolito and Lopez are now angels. Let's not not throw out there, uh, you know, Giolito. Once once Shohei Otani was off the market, who became the best arm? Yeah, Giolito. Who got him? The Angels. Okay. Kind of a big deal. And they got a pretty good setup guy in Lopez, too. Pretty big deal. The Angels have said, as they are... Three out of the wild card? Six games back of the West, having won four in a row. They just had an incredible day yesterday. (laughs) Shohei Otani goes out and throws a complete game shutout with one hit. And then in the nightcap, but goes 0 for 5. He went 0 for 5 in the game. No one's banging him on that. That's a bad day at the office. (laughs) But then in the next game, first at bat, oppo bomb. It's two jacks in the second game of the doubleheader. And if you want to know how must-see TV and how must-see Shohei Otani is, did you see the crowd of the second game? No. I just saw the highlight of him getting hurt. Maybe the highlights of what they showed – we're away from where the crowd was, but wow. No one was there? No. Like, they did this side view because what they wanted to show on MLB Network, this side view when Otani was going opposite field, he almost looked like a golfer where he was hitting it to the opposite field. Out of the, and it, But you could see behind him, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at the There was attendance. nobody in the stands for the second game. Second game, the announced attendance. Angels won 11-4. Uh, announced attendance in that game was – 30,238. No way. The bomb he hit out in the left field, there was no one there. They were fighting for the ball. Yeah, well, that's, that's what the attendance. I, I believe everything I read on MLB, yeah. oh, MLB, the MLB app. There you go. Well, see how many, well, many people were at the first game that Otani pitched in. There were. One of the games is the makeup game, right? That's usually oh, the game that's. Yeah, so the I think, eh, I don't know, but they obviously it was just the announced attendance. They combined it, I think, the 30, because game one, game two. Okay, so once you took Otani off the market, 
it kind of sets the market, right? And probably is the best thing for the trading deadline is that once he's off, now you know. Now you know, okay? You, you don't have these teams lining up going, okay, what are my prospects? What am I going to do? I want Otani. If I don't get Otani, then I go where? Once he's off the board, it allows everybody to really start making moves. And that's what you're seeing. So we're not having a lot. The, the Otani logjam out. And now here you go. Robertson was th- traded from New York down to uh, Miami. Miami yep. Kim Ng getting a closer, by the way. Good deal. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, this just came out. Uh, maybe the Rangers look for a catcher, but according to Evan Grant, friend of the program, uh, said Jonah Heim will attempt to rest rehab his wrist tendon, but surgery is very much, very much an option. Um, if he can't get through it this year and have health up surgery could end his year, they're going to give him two to three weeks before the next step. Is there even a big, is there even a catcher they can go out there and acquire? That's well, a big, that's a, if they lose him, that's a big loss for their offense. What happened? Uh, let's see if I can. That was it's like the first tweet that popped up on here. Um, when did he get hurt? Heim to the IL. Don't have a Yeah, it just says Heim to the IL. Um, so left wrist tendon strain. Well, here's one that I think for all of us we don't want to see is the rumors that our old nemesis – a guy, when you think about his career and you think about his dominance against the athletics, it's just painful memories. He's like the grim reaper to this organization. I don't know, like if you went through the history of the this would be a Dave Feldman thing. Top ten guys that have owned the A's. Could be a good list. But as star, But as a star player... Trout's there, obviously. Trout has hit so many freaking home runs against the A's. Um, A-Rod. Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth's not yet. (laughs) Thank you for my – Babe Ruth's 108 home runs against the Philadelphia Athletics. I think he's going to be number one. Rafi Palmero. Palmero, A-Rod, Trout. They're, what, one, two, and three. Trout's like one or two behind him in home runs. Yeah. So – uh, That'd be uh, Oakland. I, 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 who knows? Oh, sorry. We're, we're thinking of star players. I was going to say Austin Hayes has been an A's nemesis the last few years. Who, like, <laughs> as bad as the Kansas City ath- athletics were, somebody had to own them. And yeah. I have no idea who that would be. I mean, was it a Yankee? I mean, did the Yankees torment them? I don't know. But um, I'm thinking – you got to put Verlander on the list. Yeah, he's he's easily in the top five, right? Verlander, especially the biggest moments. Like, we can mention all these moments, these guys having great stats against, but these moments are really regular season moments. Justin Verlander has the regular season moments against the A's, but his torment is 12 and 13 in the postseason to where – it didn't matter. You could throw as many crazy people at the Coliseum. The Coliseum could be as loud as it was going to be. It was an epic series. A's fans absolutely brought it. The energy was off the charts, and it didn't matter. Because this guy was at his height, and he came in and basically put a franchise on his back, and he showed why he's a baseball Hall of Fame. If there was, I mean, watching those two game fives 
in Oakland two years in a row. This wasn't like he did this in Detroit. Verlander did it in Oakland two years in a row. Game five, my best versus your best, and I'm just better than your lineup. That's what it came down to. Verlander versus the lineup. You can look at the decisions. Oh, do you go Bartolo? Do you go Sonny Gray? That 2013. You know, you can you can tell whatever you want to talk about. It was Verlander against the lineup and our lineup both years at the height of his power had no chance. And oh by the way, he wasn't going five innings. No, he still doesn't go just five innings. He wasn't going five innings. This is Verlander in the postseason, and he absolutely mowed the A's down. Well, the Grim Reaper could be back, as rumors are. He could be heading back to the Lone Star State. It could be a battle. Talk about driving up his 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 deal. See, I thought he'd go to Los Angeles. His He has the home in Los Angeles. His wife, obviously, the... Supermodel slash actress slash pitch man. Kate Upton, they've got their, uh, I'm sure, a beautiful home there in Los Angeles. The Dodger thing made total sense. Thought he would sign with the Dodgers in the offseason anyway. Did not happen. Apparently he loves New York. That's what Buster only said earlier on his podcast. Family and kids love New York. Well, rumors are he's going back to Texas. Which Texas team, we don't know. But either way, that means we're putting him in the division again. Owed $14 million this year, the rest of the year if you acquire them, and then owed $43 million next year. So, I mean, if you're Houston or Texas. The money doesn't matter. You're, 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 no, you're trying to win down those two teams. Money doesn't matter. I think Texas could use him a little more than Houston. I mean, they both could use him. I think, I think Texas will just go for it. I mean, they already show they don't mind going for it with the guys they sign in free agency, where Houston doesn't do that. Houston acquires guys in trade, so that's why I could see Houston – going forward also, but I think Texas, if, they, if he's going to go anywhere, I think Texas makes But doesn't sense. Verlander going back to Houston make such sense because they need him. They need him. Like, Texas is, they want to acquire a great pitcher. Texas needs that guy that was in the clubhouse that was Justin Verlander. They know what it's like for him to be the leader in the clubhouse. Like, Jeff Blum will tell you, like he just told us, like when Verlander walked onto the plane, the dude's here. They lost that with him because you can sit there and go, oh, what about Fromber Valdez, Hunter Brown? My man, Urquidy. I love Urquidy. Oh, I'm a, yeah, I like, I like Framber. Who also, who are you? You know why I'm a bigger Urquidy fan? Works fast? No. Short little right hander. Oh. A little portly a little bit. Reminds me of yourself. Well, not the portly part, but the short little right hander. Come on, you gotta like Arkady. Referring Christian Javier, or is he hurt? No, Javier just okay. pitched against us. Yeah, so not okay. Too long ago. So yeah, there's their who. But oh, you're mi- McCullers is out for like the year. I don't think he's he, done. Yeah, but you're missing Verlander. They just won the World Series with who? Verlander. Verlander. So I wonder if Jim Crane, billionaire Jim Crane. Kind of goes, you know. I was like, yeah, Verlander's now old. We got, we got, we got the Cy Young. We got the rings. We got what I. And then all of a sudden, they've now played the year, and they're fifty-eight and forty-five, and they're looking down at Texas, and they're just wondering, you know, kind of miss that guy, as I told you they would. I think I, I'm not going to try and say I told you so, 
But I remember in the offseason, I was like, man, not having Verlander, you taking him out of your organization matters. Now, he started the year not healthy. But still, him being out, and if Texas gets him, that's advantage Texas. Because there's something about bringing him in that's more than just what he does for you every five days. He brings something to your organization as a player that now as a veteran guy has done, ask anybody with Houston, he made all their other pitchers better. He talks with those guys. He helped them get – Hunter Brown mimics him. Yeah. It looks like like a smaller version of him out there. I mean, there was a dramatic effect of Verlander on the Houston Astros pitching staff. Now that comes to Texas because he's anti what DeGrom is. DeGrom is your modern day. I go out there, throw six innings, strike everybody out, and then I'm off to the showers and I'm cool with that. That's not who Justin Verlander has said to go against you and all of your beliefs. He's out there to do one thing, and that's to get what they call in Washington. What do they call it in Washington? A curly W. The curly W. <laughs> the Walgreens. I love that. That's another curly W for the Nats. Charlie Slow's voice of the Nats on the radio. Is that who it is? Yeah. I love that call. I played it the other night on the postgame show. Wait, is it? Is well, He does radio. Who does TV? Who does say Carly W? I thought it was Charlie Slow's. Who is the Nats guys? Uh, Franny. Well, Franny's the color yeah. guy. Who is the play-by-play guy for the Nats? The Curly W. Um, Actually, you know what? It doesn't matter. Um, well, I'm, 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 I have his number because I'm pretty sure we had the guy on before. Uh, Nationals. Bob Carpenter is a TV guy. Oh, the great Bob Carpenter. I get his – I do his book. Sorry. Um, Charlie Slow says bang, zoom, go the fireworks also. But who does the Curly W? Oh, man. I'd have to listen to it because I can't visualize it in my head. But anyway, anymore. that's what Verlander's about. And if he brings that to Texas, I don't know. I might have to – I might have to go advantage – I might have to go advantage Rangers here. He's by the way, he's two hundred forty nine career wins, so he's fifty one away from the yeah, elusive, look, exclusive three hundred. I mean, I'm just, I just, it's hard to bet against Houston, but if Verlander ends up in Texas, I wonder if that can kind of flip it. And I don't know what he'll do in Texas. I'm just saying, there's something about when you bring that guy in, you know. You poo-pooed it for years, and I, I think I think I finally got you on board. When teams brought in David Cohn, it meant something. David Cohn came in as the hired assassin. He came in to win big games. Had a nice career, too. Right? Won, won a couple World Series. I don't think you gave Coney the career until I made you research it a little bit. Well, so we did the whole Zach Granke or him debate. I mean, you brought in – you brought – I mean, Grinky is not somebody that's come in and went, oh, my God, Grinky, we're winning the World Series. Now, you thought that wasn't the case. That was David Cohn. Like, when David Cohn came to New York, it was like, you're getting the hired gun. You sent David Cohn to Toronto. He's the hired gun. You're coming in and you're bringing in the dude. And that's, that, that's what you want to bring at this time. Big question, and we're going to – you know, there's not much to ask Mark Kotze about it, but – the big question is, will anybody want our guys? Yeah, there's several veterans that we talk about. Tony Kemp, Aletmus, Jace, 
uh, Trevor May, Ramon Laureano. The one that we don't talk about enough, and we've said this, is Paul Blackburn. Someone going to wonder. By the way, if you've noticed, I've been looking at my computer. I cannot get online here. And I've seen you struggle with the, the old password here. You would think that here at NBC, they have government secrets. Like, we've got aliens below us. Like that could be possible. The security, they think they like, it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't get the Wi-Fi. I can't get on. Um, might have to try it. We'll try to troubleshoot it during the Kotze interview. Well, I just, there was things I wanted to let. So, I, 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 I what time are there? I, I want to get to the uh, guest. Kotze's at 3.30. Uh, Drew Goodman, the TV. 3.30? So, we got two minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, Drew Goodman, the TV voice of the Colorado Rockies at 4, and then Eno Saris at 4.30. Eno Saris is going to tell you, hadn't thought about it, but it is a reality, and I think you can uh, you can equate this to Tony Kemp. I've said multiple times, Tony Kemp can help somebody. Like, especially if you've had injuries, if you're worried about your depth, if you're looking at your minor league system and you're going, man, I don't know if I got somebody. Tony Kemp is somebody that you can help. Eno Saris is going to tell us, like a Kike Hernandez, who went from Boston to L.A., if you can play – outfield and infield, and actually play outfield and infield, you're very valuable because there's not a lot of people who could do that. And you go, huh, in a game of versatility, a guy that can play infield, outfield, and not kill you at either and actually help you, yeah. It's very hard to find guys who can do that. And Tony Kemp, let's face it, for the past month and a half, has been playing good baseball. He's offensive. There's been times he's been in over 300. Like, how could someone not look at Tony Kemp and go, hmm, I think about Ramon Laureano. How could we potent- How could you sit here and not look at Ramon Laureano and go, I know he hasn't been healthy, and I know things haven't been great, but I know he plays great defense, and I know he's got playoff experience. You don't have to give anything up. You're giving up random guy, A-ball guy, who the, his percentages of making the big leagues are probably under 10%. What are you giving up to get Ramon Laureano? So that's why they're really, this is going to be so telling. We're going to have, is it Dodgers on Monday? Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're off Monday? Yeah, and Friday next week. If If we're sitting on Tuesday... When, when the deadline's at what point Eastern? I think it's at 6 Eastern, so 3 our time. So we don't be on the air yet. So if we come on the air on Tuesday and none of our guys have been traded, does that tell you how baseball feels about our players? I would agree. So, yes. I still feel like one or two of them is going to get moved. I feel like there's going to be someone that wants – I feel like Blackburn's going to be the most sought out. Because there's no way we're sitting here going, oh, you better be giving me your time. I want – you know, here's the list I'm putting in that I want of your minor league. If you can flip any of our guys for anything, you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, we got a pretty good player in return for and Cole, uh, Cole Irvin with Daryl uh, Hernays. Hernays. So, I mean, who says we can't, uh, you know, David Forrest in the front office can't find another guy that's, that's in double A that could help the team sooner rather than later for Kemp or May or – I think Blackburn would – bring back a couple more guys because of the control he has. I mean, they all have control. Well, not Tony Kemp, but it's a free agent after the year. But the other guys like Jason, 
alertness. I, I, I think we can make a case why you keep Blackburn and why you don't. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, the experience he brings to the and the help he brings to the rotation, but he's not going to cost you anything for a long time. That too, and plus, but the the case against is he's going to be thirty soon, and you could probably. But then again, who are you going to replace him with in the rotation? It's the question. Yeah. But everybody else, I can make a case yeah. of why you're out of here. Yeah, good thing we don't have to make those decisions. I'd love to make those decisions. I meant who who, who to replace the guys in, in the rotation with. No, in the lineup, yeah, we can do that. Oh, I mean, I can make those decisions real fast. Real fast. What does a Letmus Diaz mean? Don't I mean, if you're somebody that needs some depth. They can play infield. And what about Jace Peterson? What about Sarge, Seth Brown? You want a left-handed guy that's got pop? Who can play infield and outfield? There you go. Like, I'm trying to make a case here. I can make a case for Ramon Laureano. I can make it. I mean, are all – Manny Pena? Is someone going to covet our guys? Guess we'll find out by Tuesday at 3 o'clock our time. I'll make A's fans feel better. Tyler Soderstrom. So, by the way, um, when we taped the Mark Kotze interview from Colorado, the lineup wasn't out yet. Tyler Soderstrom is not in the lineup again today. Okay, there, there's one thing I could say about that. Kyle Freeland is a lefty. Okay. Playing, playing the platoon splits. Okay. Just trying to put him in a spot where he can be successful. Yeah. Ease him back in. What was your excuse last game? They used an opener and Walker was an opener. But they knew. What, what they had four pitchers in five innings. How can <laughs> you play the splits game? Giants had four pitchers in five innings. Giants, how many pitchers did they use in the game? I stopped keeping score. I was talking to the great Steve Vucinich. And I got into a conversation late in that game, and I just had ah, to hell with it. Great to see Vuce, and it's just doing well, traveling. Vuce will be joining us before the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Of course, Oakland A's Hall of Famer Steve Vucinich will join us. And, of course, Vuce can talk about all of the people going into the Hall of Fame. Carney but Lansford, Morgan Gene Hump, Tennis, Giambi, Jason Giambi. Roy Steele, and Bob Johnson, I believe, is the guy from Philadelphia. But we're going to have the three guys that are still living on the program next week, too. If you got Bob Johnson, that would be incredible. Uh, yeah, it would be a great pull. Um, Pam Pitts has texted me. It is Charlie Slows that does the Curly W. Pam Pitts would know. She's been around the game for a long time. The Curly W. Uh, the Giants end up using – see, while, we, while we're here. before we I'm going to go America, six guys. They use one, two, three, four, five, six. Six yeah. guys. So, can you really not play Tyler Soderstrom based off – there's going to be six different players. So, I don't think there's an excuse for last. This one, you're going left-handed. Okay. Okay. Well, superstar young players hopefully turn into guys that can hit against anybody, right? Yeah, that's the plan, I think, when you're developing players. Like, really good players, everyday players. They're everyday players. So, if you're an everyday player, you've got to face righties and lefties. Correct. Even if you're better... Like, if I'm a left-handed hitter and I'm better against righties, but if I'm an everyday guy, I'm still going to play against left-handed pitchers. i still got to figure that one out. I mean, there's something I saw in the last game against the Giants. It was a little uh, not concerning, but Marco Luciano made his major league debut. Highly touted prospect. Shortstop. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. He got replaced early in the game for a platoon, platoon, platoon split as well. Oh, how, about, so, how, how about where they brought in the lefty to face Tony Kemp in the third inning? Oh, Scott Alexander. And Tony Kipp gets a base hit up the middle, and uh, what's his name? At second base, hurts his wrist. I was like, ha-ha. 
you idiots. You you guys are literally bringing in a reliever in the third inning and playing a matchup in the third inning on Tony Kemp. Like, oh yeah, he could leave the yard here. Oh, by the way, we both we both lost on the uh, who hits the ball in the cup. But think about that. They actually went to a matchup in the third inning against Tony Kemp, and he got a base hit up the middle. Yeah. You're up 3 nothing, and you're going to a matchup in the third inning in a game like this against a guy that's got no pop? Surprising. Is it really? That's just how these guys are playing baseball, and you're like, oh, my God. Well, every out matters. Every out. Every out. Because oh, Tony Kemp. Well, the next two guys are right-handed. Yeah, it was Geloff and Rooker. So why would you not have the righty-face Kemp if he does get a base hit like he did off your lefty? You got two righties there. Yeah. But you felt at that moment there, two outs, two and two-thirds innings, I got to make the call to go get Tony Kemp out with two outs in the third inning, and you're up 3 nothing. If they really That want, is overmanaging. If you really wanted to play mind games, you should have run a Shamanaya to face him. But isn't that overmanaging? Uh, a little bit, You're yeah. playing for that one out right there in the third, and then you didn't get it. It's like. What are you doing? Plan backfired. What are you doing? And that's that ma- That's that mentality of we're going to match up every single, like we are so matched up into everything. It's like you got zero. You talk about zero feel. We already heard about feel from the Cardinals broadcasters about the whole <laughs> oh, yeah. hap thing oh, yesterday. By the way, Michael is in. Michael is in. Ollie Marmol suspended five games. Really? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to So hap hits Contreras. On accident with the long backswing. We've seen that a lot this year. I'm trying to see if they're going to appeal those suspensions. So, Michaelis, next pitch. So, Contreras is out, hitting the back of the head. They take him out of the game. He now throws right at Hap, up and in. And then the next pitch, dots him in the backside. And they throw him out. And the Cardinal broadcasters are like, they can't believe it happened. So, wait a minute. Modern-day baseball, you th- your catcher gets hurt, and you throw at the guy immediately, not once but twice, and the guy gets thrown out, and you're shocked by that? Sorry. F- Five-game suspension for Michaelis. He's going to plan to appeal. Ole Marmol will serve a one-game suspension tonight. But you're really shocked by that. That where we are in baseball, that long swing hits the hits the who God who re, was it is it someone we've either been hit multiple times or it's someone we've played against who's hit our catcher multiple times is it an Astro who has a long swing oh Ozuna of the uh, of the, the of the Braves yeah. has hit he hit some of our he's hit a bunch of he's got a long swing. That's what I was thinking of. But I understand old school baseball, but you got a guy that I don't think Hap's trying to hit Contreras. No. Right? Former Cub. I don't think he's trying to hit him. And then when he goes out of the game, you immediately buzz the tower, next pitch hit him, and you think they're just going to go, oh, warnings. You really think that? uh, Like, what world are you living in? Talk about... Read the room, Chip Carey, and whoever his color guy is. I forget who it was last night. But they're like, I can't believe this is happening. Umpire's got to have feel for the game. You want to have feel for the game? This is what you do. This is what you do. 
you don't hit. First of all, you're the Cardinals. Your your year is what it is, right? So like Even ten games under five hundred. You right? think you're back in it, but you're the Cardinals, and you are forty six and fifty eight. Well, twelve games under. You don't hit Hap there. You don't hit him. Okay, that's not what you do. You don't hit him there. You wait till the next at bat, and then you hit him, and act like it got away from you. Oops, sorry. But the fact that you throw right at him immediately, miss, and then throw at him again and hit him, and you think that all of a sudden you're not going to get thrown out of the game, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, where, what stadium, what umpire do you think goes, that's ah, boys being boys, we're policing each other? Are they still playing each other? Cubs? Cubs and Cardinals? Yeah, they got to be, right? Or was that just. Oh, no, no, no. That would have been. Th- I forget. Yeah, they it's are. Friday. Yeah, they yeah. are. It's four game. It must be a four game set. All right, so we'll see what happens tonight. Who is pitching tonight? Uh, so Montgomery is going to be going for the Cardinals. Will he retaliate? Or no, the Cubs like, are not going to retaliate because they're in this thing. Because you basically gave up your start. Yeah. Uh, how about how about the Cubs? You had the Cubs trading everybody. I'm not so sure anymore. As the uh, Northsiders are 51 and 51, Cubs right now are only five and a half games back of the division they've won six in a row and of the wild card they are four games back 51 and 51 what do you do if you're the cubs you're red hot um, i still think you sell off a couple of guys yeah the unknown folks that's where we are in baseball the unknown what are they getting for them uh, uh prospects who Great question. The unknown. I think. I think this is what's happening in the media right now. Trade for pro. Everybody just trade for pro. Like where, 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 where was this pot of gold of of prospects when you sent me that list, which was one of the most jaw dropping lists I've ever seen in my career, of how bad. Literally. The last 10 years. Oh, yeah, we went over this one, yeah. The last 10 years, the majority of everybody who gets drafted never makes the major leagues. I'm not, I'm not overselling this. The highest percentage, because when you and I were discussing that live on the air, I was under the belief that these were teams that drafted players and they made it to the big club with the team they drafted. That's what you and I didn't read really. Which yeah, is, I missed that part too. Yeah, you missed it too. So Cody was Cody was fake news, but I'm glad he is because it helps prove the point even more. Now we were reading you that list. So it said Houston Astros last ten years are number one. They've drafted three hundred, I don't know, fifty six players. And X amount have made the big leagues, and it's 23% of what they've drafted. Well, we thought that was with the Astros. And then you go back and read it and go, oh, my God. This is just they drafted guys, and they made it to the big leagues. So there's 30 teams, your draft picks. The Astros are number one in drafting. Only 23% of the guys they drafted got to the big leagues with somebody. Yeah. So that makes you realize, oh, that's the best. Yeah, the A's, we're second to last. Only 11% 
of the guys we've drafted the last 10 years have made any have even experienced the big leagues for any team? 11%? Yeah, it's not great. The Mets were the worst at 9. Nah, yeah. Okay, if you're if you're under double digits, you could really say you're just wasting millions on your player development. Because only 9% made it somewhere to the big leagues. Forget the Mets. Just somewhere. Only 11% of the A's made it somewhere. So that means guys who actually made it to the A's is lower than that. Yeah, and the one that was crazy, too. What is going on? The one that was crazy, too, is the Brewers one. Their last 25 first-round picks. Not the last 25, just the last 25 first-round picks. None of the guys have played a full season in Milwaukee. Now, but, you, but you said Ryan Braun. Yeah, because I thought it was 25 years. It was just the last 25 oh. first-rounders. And I went back and looked, and it's true, because Sal Freelich, they just caught Because there's you got comp picks and all that. Okay, round. I was about to say, that, that doesn't compute. Yeah, you, you, got Garrett, you got Garrett Mitchell, who got hurt, and then you have Sal Freelich, who just got caught up this so year. So the last 25 number one picks. By the Brewers. By the Brewers, not one made it to Milwaukee. Uh, or spent a whole year there. So, once again, you want to tell me about uh, trading for all these prospects? It's a crapshoot, as they say, like the playoffs. I mean, seriously. We're like, you listen to MLB Network, and I, I, I'd move him. I'd move him. I'd move him. They're moving everybody, but I'm like, who are you moving him for? Most of these guys are terrible, and they won't even have big league careers. Most of them. And that list you sent me, is it from Codify? No. Cod- do we call it Codify or Codify? I go back and forth. I don't know. It's like her not her nays and tomato tomato. Luis Robert. <laughs> uh, the guy that does it is like a white. By Sox. the way, your Cuban Frenchman is still only twenty five. No, he's young. A lot of their guys are young. They just don't, can't win together. <laughs> so you're still you're you're trading if you're the Cubs for the unknown when you got something going right now. I trade Stroman. He's a free agent after the year anyway. Why don't you resign Stroman? You got maybe you got want. money if you're the Cubs. What, maybe, maybe Cubs got money coming out of there. You know what? Maybe they don't want to keep Stroman. That's fine. What about Bellinger? And we got into him before. I would. You're 51 and 51, man. You're in this thing. Yeah, I still think they, they will trade him. Who knows if he wants to resign there? So you're just going to be in constant rebuild as a big market team. Still got you got they got you got they got your guy Dansby Swansby as you call him. Dansby Swansby. Dansby's great. That's all they got. I mean, his wife, by the way, Dansby Swanson's wife hurt her knee. Did you know that? She does she play on the women's national team? No, that's Zach Hurts' wife. Uh, she she plays on the Chicago team. Oh, she doesn't play. Does she play soccer? Yeah. She's not on the women's national team? Well, she got hurt a while ago. Oh, maybe she, maybe she did. Yeah, I, was saying, I, I know Zach Hurts' wife played. Julie Hurts plays on the. Yeah. Dansby team. Swanson's wife is a big-time soccer player, professional soccer player, but she hurt her hurt her knee. All right, we time did. for the Mark Kotze Show. Time now for the Mark Kotze Show, brought to you by Ness Betting. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you go online, nessbedding.com, for your bed. I mean, you're going to love your mattress, your sheets, your pillows, all your bedding needs. You go to nessbedding.com. Dot com or check them out here in the Bay Area. Mark, Mark Kotze, how are you this week? I'm doing well. We uh, we had a great off day yesterday in Colorado. Uh, we got in at like four in the morning, um, but uh, we're able to sleep in a little bit and then go out and do some uh, some fly fishing yesterday, which which was amazing. It was about an nice. hour outside of uh, of downtown, and Seth Brown, myself, and uh, 
and one of our video coordinators, Lewis, went out and uh, we caught some rainbow. We caught some some amazing fish. It is so key, no matter what you like to do. I know you talked about years ago, I think you're with the Padres, you and Phil Nevin and somebody else. You got on Harleys with your wives and took a long drive. I mean, on those off days during a long season, how important is it just to unplug? Yeah, it's great to unplug. And, uh, you know, when being here in Denver, there's so much to do outside that we took advantage of it yesterday by obviously going out to a ranch and, and doing some fly fishing. I know some other guys, um, you know, did some some golf and some things of that nature. But, um, you know, and then there's there's the days on the off days when you just are out of energy and you, you sleep, you rest, you recover. And um, I'm sure some guys did that as well. So Coors Field, we all think about Coors Field, elevation, a mile high up. We're thinking about all the home runs. But I remember the first time I went there and I walked out on the field, I was like, my God, this is the biggest actual field I have ever seen. The amount of grounds, because if you think if you're going to have a fence that's way far back, that means you got a lot of grass there. Just from an outfielder's perspective, what's it like to play at Coors Field where they've said you really need like three center fielders to to roam it? Yeah, it it can definitely be frustrating, um, you know, because you're varying your depths and uh, trying to give yourself, you know, the best chance to defend, like you said, the biggest outfield in the league. And uh, it's not easy. You know, you get frustrated by balls that fall in front of you because you feel like you should be able to get there. But you're playing deeper. You know, you're playing at, at 330, 340 instead of 305 to 285 on the corners. So um, it's challenging. It's definitely challenging. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll have some guys out in that outfield that probably haven't been out there. Um, you know, Rooker will, will be out there. And, and he, I don't think, has played in a game at Coors Field in the outfield. So... Um, you know, we'll do our best to just keep our eye on, you know, positioning and and try to maximize the, the coverage there. Yeah, positioning will be so key because I can just imagine as an outfielder, you could catch yourself going, where the hell am I playing? I'm like, <laughs> I could see that totally happening. Yeah, the biggest thing, too, is on those balls that are shallow fly balls, those the infielders really have to do a good job of trying to get out and get depth because the outfielders, if we're playing them deeper, um, because the ball carries or tends to travel further, you know, those, those, those in middle infield guys uh, really need to do a good job of getting out there and covering those short fly balls. You know, you, you mentioned earlier this week with Ken Korak before the game, talking about when mistakes are made, you guys will go back and you have film sessions, kind of like football, right? We talk about the film, got to look at the film. Talk about these sessions that you have where they're obviously coachable moments, People make mistakes. That's how human beings work. Uh, and you and you correct them, and you do it with film and, and going back and watching the video. Kind of take us through how you implement that. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing, I mean, you know, our club's young, and we're going to make mistakes. But the quicker we learn from these mistakes, the better we're going to be. And, and I think, you know, it's an overview, basically. It's uh, as I talked to Kenny, um, you know, on the show, uh, we've kind of labeled it check your ego because, you know, obviously you're at the big league level and uh, and you don't like to be called out, you know, for making mistakes. But it's not calling individuals out. It's using, you know, our mistakes that we make in game to really, you know, educate ourselves and, and grow from. And um, whether it's on the base pass, um, whether it's, you know, cut off and relay play where, 
you know, your second baseman doesn't doesn't bust the first base and the throw comes through and that, you know, that the hitter gets to make a big, bigger turn than normal because there's no defender at the bag. So, you know, we really break it down and, and we break it down, um, you know, to the detail, really. I and mean, you've heard me say that a lot, like we have to be detailed. And uh, and these sessions, really, we we make examples um, of, of everything that that we feel like we can do a better job of. And, uh, and I think it's been helpful. I really do. Yeah, I do too. And, and check your ego. Hey, thank God you're not in the NFL or college football. Cause you know how they do it. You make a mistake. They do it over and over and they do call you out in front of your peers. <laughs> you know what I mean? But check your ego, son. I'm going to rip your heart out in that film room. It's unbelievable what they do in football. Uh, when you look at Ruiz we haven't seen him in a while and it just it shows how dynamic he is as an athlete god I miss watching him play how's he doing how's that shoulder yeah the shoulder's good um it'll be tested tonight tonight's his first night back uh, with Vegas he'll play five innings in center field and you know we're, our goal is to build him up um it won't be a lengthy rehab um you know it won't it won't shouldn't take a month um but we're definitely going to want to see him play back-to-back games. We're going to want to see how that shoulder handles some throws. Um, you know, we're hopeful that uh, his legs will get back underneath him. So we've got to build that up as well. And, uh, you know, but overall, uh, he felt like he was ready probably two to three days prior to us sending him out. And, you know, I've had to have that conversation with a few guys where, you know, you, you really think you're healthy, you really think you're ready, and it always is good to take another day or two um, but you know, as, as young as these guys are, they, they, they lose that, you know, mindfulness of, uh, maybe, you know, it is best in, in their best interest to, um, you know, take an extra day. And, and I think Ruiz was understanding of that when we talked, uh, in San Fran and, uh, and he understands the plan and, and, you know, we'll be excited to get him back when he's ready. How often do you go back and use your career? Or maybe a young Mark Kotze with his back or with with whatever injury you had in your 17 years. Maybe if you would have took a little more time, how much do you use yourself when talking to these guys about this? Yeah, I think, you know, I can use I can use myself as an example. I can also use other players on our roster that have come back and 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 tried to perform at, at this level too quickly when they didn't have their legs under them or they, you know, had an oblique injury or, and, and, and came back too soon. So, um, you know, there's a ton of examples around here that are in this clubhouse, even on the coaching staff with guys that have played, uh, you know, here. And uh, I think, you know, just communication, as I talk about a lot, like communication collaboration, um, you know, building that trust with these players that, that we do know what we're talking about, that we do have their best interests at hand. Um, it, it's really key to, to getting these guys, um, you know, in the right mindset to, to come back from these injuries. You've been watching J.J. Blade get in there every day. And as a center fielder, what have you seen? I thought you were going to keep going with some type of poem there. You started out. It's really hard well. not to, really. It's like J.J. Yeah. Blade plays every day. It's hard not to. <laughs> you know, J.J., um, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the mechanics of his swing, making a slight adjustment with his load um, direction of, uh, you know, his hands and the knob and, front shoulder being a little bit relaxed and a little bit more 
um, parallel to even below the back shoulder. So that's his start position now. And it's really got him direct to the baseball, which I'm really excited about. You know, JJ, you don't you don't get taken in the first round, um, you know, and fifth overall by by an organization that doesn't have belief in you and that doesn't see the talent level. And, you know, and again, we talked about it when we acquired him, how, you know, he'd only had one full season of pro ball before he was back accelerated into the big leagues. And, um, you know, again, we talk about it in terms of being patient and uh, yet making adjustments. And I think JJ's one guy on this, on this roster that's made the adjustment, had some success and is starting to see the light. You know, we're looking at, at the young guys, obviously. What have been your thoughts so far of Zach Geloff? Yeah, Zach's a baseball player. He's got great instincts, plays the game really hard, um, you know, and and in that, you know, he he understands that, uh, you know, what he has to do to be successful. So um, I think he's a good learner. He's a listener, which is great. And, um, you know, really, really happy with, with how Zach is, is, you know, settled in here. Yeah, and you can just see college guy, experience, minor leagues, how he has started, and nothing against Tyler. Tyler's a super talent, but he's a kid out of high school. He's 21 years old. Talk about his start and a little bit of the difference in maturity just as players that you've seen between the two. Yeah, I mean, for Tyler, you could really say he's only had three years of professional baseball um, under his belt, and coming from high school, that's a big leap. Um, you know, I, uh, there's a huge amount of expectation put on Tyler as, as you know, a number one pick. And, um, you know, so that's obviously something else that Tyler has to deal with that, that Zach maybe doesn't have to deal with, um, you know, but uh, it's difficult. Like I knew that, you know, the transition would be tough for Tyler coming from, you know, AAA and, and having the responsibilities that, that are put on you to catch, to be, you know, to be the backbone back there and, and then also play first base and, you know, you'd be utilizing the DH spot. So, um, you know, we're doing our best to, to you know, give him a, a, a good landing spot when he does catch and um, also, you know, give him the chances to have success in, in, in these games that uh, we can hopeful, hopefully build confidence with him. Let's end on this. Going into a – thank God for the, the pitch timer for and Coors Field because games could be well over four hours. Uh, we know certain pitches just don't really work that well in altitude. Your breaking balls are different, your curveballs, your sliders. Now your sweepers, guys are talking about, they're seeing X amount of inches off the sweeper. It's just not working. So what are the meetings like with your pitchers going in, going, you know, I know you rely on this, but uh, but odds are when you get up here and you pitch an elevation, that's not going to work. Yeah, I know. I know there were meetings prior to leaving on this road trip with uh, some of our, you know, R and D guys and analytic guys, and um, you know, for me, it, it's all about confidence. It's all about just going out there and establishing your fastball, and you know, pounding the zone and making them beat you, um, not giving away the free bases. In terms of how your pitches are shaped or how they, how much less they move, I think, you know, the more you start looking into it, and the more you start talking about it, and you know, the more you're going to be worried about it when you go out there and step on the mound. So uh, we've tried to do our best to, to you know, talk about it in, in a manner that, um, you know, hopefully isn't isn't distractive. Um, hopefully they go out, you know, JP's got, um, you know, the, the weapons to be able to have success at this field. And, uh, you know, we're excited about, you know, this weekend and, and getting a chance to, you know, 
win a series. Did you ever think that this was a back of the baseball card series for yourself? Like, man, I could, I'm going to come on glute. Mark Kotze, I'm coming on glute here for the next three, four days. I'm putting up some numbers. You know, Tony, the second you start thinking that, there's your offer right there, buddy. But um, <laughs> I know we came in here with a great offensive club, I think in oh, 19 or 18 um, with the A's. And I think we got shut out for like the series or. And uh, I remember Olsen and Chapman and all these guys and Simeon being excited. Oh, man, we're going to get to go to cores. We're going to yeah. go tear it up. And it was like, we didn't score. And <laughs> we left here. It was like, we didn't even hit a homer, I think. So, um, you know, hopefully this uh, this series, um, you know, we can we can do some things offensively and, and create some uh, some runs. Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. You be well. All right, Tony. Thanks for having me. The Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Nest Betting. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area. Or you go online, nestbedding.com, for your mattress, your pillows, your sheets, everything you need to go to sleep. You go to nestbedding.com. Proud sponsor of the Mark Kotze Show. Ah, Kotz. Having a little off day, a little fly fishing. Drew Goodman, the uh, TV face of the Colorado Rockies is going to join us in moments. Get you ready for this. A little fight, a little fly fishing. You know, Colorado has got to be got to be in your top five for off days in baseball. I've never been to Denver. Or You've Col- never been to Denver? Just the airport. Really? Yeah. I've been wanting to go, but I just haven't got a chance to go yet. No, there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's – uh, I know Vinny and the boys were playing golf yesterday. Yeah, I remember Vince was telling us about that. I think we might have Drew. Let's check. Yeah, I, th- I think Drew's going to agree. Drew, welcome back to Ace Cast Live. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. And I was just saying that uh, A's having an off day yesterday in Denver. I got to think in big league baseball, an off day, because we take the Bay Area out of it because we live here. So 29 spots. I got to think off day in Denver has got to be top five in baseball for teams. Well, you know what? I think you're right. I'm biased because I've lived here for a long time. Uh, But uh, you'd be hard-pressed to beat Denver as a city and and the mountains being close by. And if you have a day off, obviously you can run up there. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. There's some good destinations and in Major League Baseball, but at the top of the list is uh, is Denver, Colorado. Yeah, yesterday we had guys going fly fishing. We had guys playing golf. I know in my time there, either with the A's or when I used to travel with the Raiders and come play the Broncos, I've been up to, like, Breckenridge. I mean, there is uh, there is so many things to do when you get up there. It's absolutely beautiful, and at this time of the year, you can't beat it. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, in fact, uh all-star break i was up in uh up in the mountains up in aspen i went fly fishing like you mentioned and and it's and it's obviously a little cooler too so uh it's it's tough to beat uh all times of year but especially if you have an off day in denver i know a lot of guys do try to get dusty baker was notorious he'd always uh have his uh have his rod with him he'd run up even even in the morning sometimes of uh (laughs) of game of game days Oh, that is awesome. All right, so looking at the Colorado Rockies, you know, the one thing that I think about, and especially with a lot of teams and where they are at this point, 
I don't know how much people outside of, of Denver are talking about it, but I know you guys know all about it. You've been hammered with pitching injuries. I, I don't know if there is another – maybe you guys are the Dodgers. Got to be up there when you talk pitching injuries and when you're starting a season with what you got to lose that many guys. Just talk about how tough it has been. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's professional sports. No one's going to feel sorry for you because injuries, uh, I'm fond of saying – unfortunately are part of sport and uh you know you you're going to have certain years where you have more than your fair share and and certainly if it impacts uh more key players it's going to be uh it's going to be tough to win uh in the case of the rockies rotation four out of their top five uh, went down and and we just learned uh, i mean you talk about a spate of injuries three of their top pitching prospects um all have to go undergo Tommy John surgery oh. next week to 10 days. So it's not just here at the big league level. It's also uh, uh, down under. I've never seen anything like it. And, and Buddy has pointed this out. Buddy Black's pointed this out uh, when it first started happening. He goes, you know, we've been fortunate the last few years we've, with our rotation uh, have, have been pretty steady with uh, being able to run out uh, the same guys for – you know, 28 to 32, 33 starts. And uh, this year, just a number of guys uh, have gone down. If you're talking top three guys down in the minor league system, so many guys hurt. I, You know, whenever we hear that, it's almost like a lot of people have just gotten numb to hearing about Tommy John. But it's a process for a lot of guys now, more than 12 months. We want to really make sure they're okay, that the bone is healed where they make the holes. So we've really made that process more of a 14-month process. As guys are trying to circumvent 12 months, we've now pushed it back. With that many guys being hurt, I mean, that really starts to affect you for spring training, which you even think next year could be. Yeah, it affects you at the big league level, certainly. Uh, this game's always uh, going to be about pitching, and it's always going to be about pitching depth, right? And to the Dodgers' credit, even though they've had a lot of injuries, they've had uh, a, a history of great depth, so they're, they're able to overcome it. Uh, the, the team that struggles more than any other uh, by the fact that the Rockies play at altitude to acquire pitching um, is this organization and so when you have the number of injuries they've had again not as an excuse but it just makes it uh, very problematic and then to your point uh, with younger guys you're talking about it's a year and a half before they're really back to original form in most cases and on the developmental side so if you had a guy that you know went down he was in double a guy who was in high a goes down that's where they're going to have to start again. And, you know, with the injuries happening recently with the top three prospects I was mentioning, uh, 24 is going to be, you know, more of a lost season until, you know, in the fall, maybe they'll be down at the complex and, and maybe be able to throw to batters down there. But, uh, you know, that, that, you know, retards the process of, of those guys becoming big league ready. Now we're going to see some guys that are in the lineup today that I don't know if they're going to be there you can say this for both teams, but and really for a lot of teams in baseball. But uh, by, by Wednesday, when I look at the starting lineup today, who do you think will not be here for the Rockies as of Wednesday? Well, the the two names that that are going to jump out are uh, you know two veteran bats um, that have a track record of, of being you know middle of the order type bats, and that's C.J. Crone 
and Randall Gritchick. And in the case of C.J. Crone, he's back in there tonight. Uh, he had a great start to the season, um, did not have a particularly good uh, rest of April and May, and then he had a back uh, injury that kept him out for, I think it was five, six weeks, came back, ball of fire coming back, in fact, in the second half, and he, has, he had homered in four out of five games. And then last Friday, the back flared up again, so he hasn't played in a week. It's great to see him back in there, but I'm sure there's going to be you know, some teams that are, are a little reticent maybe uh, to – to make that move, but if CJ's right, you know, he's a 30 homer guy and last year he was an all-star. So that's one. And, and Randall Gritchick, who's really swung the bat well all year, he got a late start because he had, uh, uh, you know, surgery in the off season or actually in spring training and uh, got a month late jump on the season, but he has swung it very well. And, and in particular of late, uh, the power numbers have, have risen back to the levels that uh, you expect from Gritchick. So those are the two names that uh, jump out in terms of candidates to be moved in the next few days. And I think of one guy where it just continues to be a big struggle. I mean, Chris Bryant was the big fish, the big free agent, fractured left index finger. And I don't think a lot of people know, but he's only played, what, about 107, 106 games as, as a Colorado Rocky. This has had, just had to have been devastating. Uh, yeah, and it's been uh, a myriad of, of different types of injuries that have kept him out. He got hit in three straight games, and the last one, you know, as you alluded to, broke his finger. So he's going to be down uh, again for a period of time, and, He's never been able to really, you know, run off 50, 60 games in a row and, and see where he is. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's been a big part of it. Uh, when I say big part of it in terms of, you know, seeing where he is, uh, you know, in his career now and being in year two of a seven year, uh, lucrative deal, uh, unfortunately for Chris, he hasn't been able to be on the field. We got so much negative. Give, give me some positive. I'm tired of talking negative. Give me something positive. Yeah. Give me for this well, can, series. Yeah, you know what? Well, I can tell you for, from, from the Rockies' perspective, they, they have three guys they've already brought up. And in, in the case of uh, the first guy I'll talk about, he's been here from day one. And uh, that's Ezekiel Tovar, the shortstop. And, and I'm, I'm not uh, – you know, going to exaggerate or embellish here. He has a chance to be a tremendous player. I mean, a top-tier shortstop that hits, uh, you know, 18 to 20-plus homers a year. Uh, he's 21 years of age. He is the most mature 21-year-old you've ever seen. He's so steady, and uh, it's exciting to watch his growth day in and day out and uh, how much he's grown already this year. So that's one guy. Nolan Jones is a. Uh, I thought it was a really good deal the Rockies made in the off season. Uh, they traded a young prospect to Cleveland for Nolan Jones, who used to be a top 100 prospect, and he didn't break with the club. Did not have a great spring training, but tore it up in AAA. And since he's been up, uh, he's been one of the two most impactful offensive players for the Rockies. I mean, he hits Titanic homers. He may have the best arm in baseball in the outfield. He also could play first and third uh he's been exciting he really has and the third guy is brenton doyle who's a young player who's playing pretty much every day in center field uh has some swing and miss in his game uh when he runs into the ball it goes far 
and he is one of the you know probably 10 fastest players eight fastest players in baseball and plays a tremendous uh center field so uh those three guys in particular um, are, are going to be part of the solution for the Rockies, and, and they're exciting players to watch on top of being talented. Yeah, we talk about all the time now in Oakland because you know how we always go. You'll be in the playoffs 12, 13, 14, then you're retooling. Then you're back 18, 19, 20, then retooling, and that's where we are now. But you always need to have that steady voice, that steady leadership. I always talk about somebody has to be at the front of the bus. Somebody has to be at the front of the plane right now for us. It's Mark Kotze for you. Obviously, somebody we have loved in baseball for years, one of the great guys, Bud Black. And it's tough being that guy during times like this. Tell us how Buddy's handling it. Buddy's great because Buddy, Buddy's uh, such an optimistic, upbeat guy and and uh, he showers well. So even if you have frustrating uh, losses, as the Rockies did in Washington, they, they lost two three-run leads very late on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Buddy, Buddy bounces back so well. He's a consummate leader. He's, uh, he's somebody you, you enjoy being around every day, and I think you know, we can say that doing in the capacity that, that we're in as broadcasters, but I, I know players feel that way also. I mean, Buddy's a winner. Um, Buddy's a bright guy. Buddy, Buddy's uh, as a relentlessly positive, and, and he's handling this. Everybody wants to win. I mean, I, I don't think he goes home and goes, ah, this is, you know, this is good. I understand where we are. He understands where, where the club is, but, you know, you want to win. I mean, if you're a competitor, you want to win, so I, I'm sure – you know, there are definitely times of frustration, but overall, I mean, he's 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 an A-plus uh, in my book. Great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Enjoy the series, and good luck the rest of the season. You got it. By the way, I just was had a long chat with a guy you guys know well who, when his career is done, is going to be able to do anything he wants, including take all of our jobs, and that's Tony Kemp. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is no question. Like, we've talked to Tony. I'm like, hey, listen, he could be in business. He could run a company. He wants to be in broadcasting. He wants to be in coaching. I mean, and for me, I look at it now, I say, you know, because lately he has been really hot. I mean, he's done real well for over the past month. You just think about if you're a club that needs somebody that can play outfield, play infield, lead off, do a lot of different things, wouldn't you want Tony Kemp on your team down the stretch? Hell yeah. I mean that's that's two words. No, it's no question because he's uh, you know he's a leader. He can go still you know get a base for you. Yeah. So he can check off a lot of boxes. I'm with you. He's uh, he's terrific. Great stuff. We'll talk to you. Be well. All right, guys. Anytime. Be good. Drew Goodman, the TV face of the Colorado Rockies, and right there, what he said. Everybody wants to win. It doesn't matter what sport. You want to win if you're in Major League Baseball. You want to win if you're in the NFL. You want to win NBA hockey. But there are going to be times where you know you are not going to win. You just know you are outmanned, you're outgunned, where, you know, we talk roster construction, where your roster is versus the other guys you're playing. It's just, it's a reality. And nobody, nobody stays on top forever. No matter how good you are, Nobody stays on top. Like even the Yankees right now, and I check it every day, and it makes me just, it makes me feel all warm inside. 
It's like on a cold night. You have that hot cup of cocoa with, with, with marshmallows to make you feel good. Where the hell do you do that in the Bay Area? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Yankees in last place, that's my hot cup of cocoa. They don't in care. The winter. They don't care. Judge is back. Season saved. Everything's going to be fine. Dude, Everything's fine. Dude, dude, your fine. guy, Greg Amsinger, last night, and I know I'm probably the only one. Am I the only one watching MLB Network at night? I don't have it, so I can't. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they get great ratings. But I'm watching it for you. They were so trying to sell Aaron Judge is back, baby. He's back. See, I like, and I know Amsinger's selling it. They're they're playing to the New York audience, and Ams. Emsinger is a St. Louis guy anyway, but I'm just like, boy, that's a hard sell job. Yeah, he was also the uh, voice of the home run derby in stadium. And oh, was Seattle. he really? Yeah, yeah. Is that why he lost his voice? Uh, could have been because he was he was the, like, the back, MC back, in stadium. Back, back, back. Um, I'm just telling you, not buying it. But that's the thing, and that's something that I would pose to a lot of fans out there. That. When you're talking about, you know, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to say, you can't always look at it by, we've got to win. Because you're not. No one's done that. No one. No, no one has sustained. Like, as the Bulls were going through their run, and the last dynasty reminded us all of that, everybody just thought, for you know, the Bulls are going to be great forever. They got Michael Jordan. They're just going to be great forever, right? What happened? They weren't great forever. Um, when's Spoiler. The la- when's, the last, when's the last time the Chicago Bulls went to the NBA Finals? <clears throat> 1998 with Michael Jordan. So By the way, that, do you think? So that's, what, 25 years ago now? Because, you know, that's a, the that's a thing. It's like with fans, and we talk about people coming to the ballpark, people always equate it with winning. It's like your fan, your team's not going to win every year. And your team is going to go through times where you do not win. There's no way in hell if I go back in a time machine to Chicago and it's 1997 where I go, hey, you're a big Bulls fan, right? Oh, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. Michael Jordan, he's a great uh, Hey, you know you're never going to go to the playoffs again? Yeah. That I'm from, I'm from 19, I'm from 2023. I know this sounds ridiculous, but just think about this. If I went back in a time machine to 1997, a year before the Bulls would break up, and I go, I'm for, I'm a I'm an alien. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a person from the future, back to the future. You're Mar- are you Marty or Doc? Yeah, you're more you're more Marty. I'm Marty from Back to the Future. By the way, I'm actually living in 2023. We haven't seen the Bulls even sniff. The NBA Finals again. I don't think they've been. What do you think they would say? What do you think they would say? They would say you're insane. There's no way this great organ. So that's why you can't equate saying we are going to show up if we win. We only show up when we win. When do you think you'll see the New England Patriots? Think about how spoiled the Patriots fans were. When do you think you'll see the Patriots again in the Super Bowl? Oh, for a while. I mean, another good example is uh, if we want to keep it in the NBA, San Antonio. 
I mean, I know they got Victor Wembanyama now, the number one overall pick, but they haven't been in the playoffs since they lost Kawhi and Duncan and Parker and Ginobili. How about if and I same re- so, same coach still? Let's go back into this time machine to 2001. Take me to Seattle, where the Mariners are winning 116 games. And I'm going to have to inform them, you're not going to go back to the playoffs after this until 2022. Do you want to take it one step further? Do you think they would have bought that? No, do you want to take it one step further? Sure. You think Pirate fans thought they were never going to see a winning season for 20 years after 1992? How about in in 2001? I'm going to tell Mariners fans, it's going to be 2023 and you still haven't ever been to a World Series. I don't think they they probably thought they were going to the World Series the next year. Right? So everybody wants to say it's about winning. It's about you're not going to win every year. Hell, the team that the A's are playing tonight has been to the World Series already. Let me throw it out to 49er fan. 49er fan, would you have thought that by 2023, when was Steve Young's last year? 90 what? 96? No, no, it's after that. No, 98. I'll go 98. 98. I I was leaning 98. Let's see. Steve Young, 99. He started in three games. Would Niner fan have told you, even at the end of Steve Young, that they will have not won a Super Bowl in its 2023, that their last Super Bowl? Think of how young 49er fans. Think about the younger version of 49er fans. The 49er faithful. You faithful. You're so faithful out there. Um, You haven't seen a Super Bowl since I was in college. Yeah, they played in multiple. They didn't win. You haven't won a Super because they expected to always win the Super Bowl. Oh, the Cowboys. Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since I was in college. How about the Yankees? How about the Raiders? The Raiders haven't won a Super Bowl since I was 11. Think about that. Think of how many Super Bowls. Think of how many great players. Raiders. They haven't won a Super Bowl since I was 11. I've played one. So everybody everybody thinks that, you know, everybody talks a big game about winning. No one's going to win every year. And, like, look at the Colorado – you look at the Colorado Rockies. My God. Your top three prospects all just went down. Tommy John. They're yeah. already – they already know. Can you imagine spring training next year? They're already done. You're already done. Not saying we're in the same boat, but at least – Bill Moriarty, by the way, got a, 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 quite a few people fired up the other day on the show. Like, people who are still with us from a baseball standpoint were like, you know what, you start you start selling me. We got a battle at third base with Diaz and her night. Jordan Diaz. Uh, well, Lutmus may still be around, yeah, too. Come My on. God, Jace Peterson might Jace, be around. Jace, yes. Uh, but in, in a perfect world, you've got a battle of Jordan Diaz and Brett Harris. Shortstop, let's call it Hernays and Allen. Geloff's your second baseman. Uh, you're going to have a mixture of guys at first base. Noda's going to be here. Soderstrom's going to be here. Who else did he mention in that? Was it just them two? Because he put catcher and first base together, I thought, on the thing he sent us. Did he? Yeah, because he mentioned Langleyers and McCann. Oh, McC- uh, Kyle McCann. Kyle McCann, that's from, right. From Vegas. Uh, where do you, She has Schumann in the outfield. Mm, but yeah. th- but that's going with Butler. You're gonna have Butler in the mix. Ruiz, Blade, I guess Rooker, uh, Denzel Clark. Denzel Clark. I mean, at the very least, I'd like to see 
We know the AAA guys are going to come. I'd still like to see Denzel Clark called up in September. What else is he going to do? Minor league season ends. Get him some at-bats. You know who's a guy we're not talking about that could be a AAA call for the A's? Is uh, Logan Davidson. He could be, I mean, I know he's 25. What is Logan doing? The first-round pick out of Clemson. Switch hitting catcher. Or switch hitting shortstop. I was going to say, what? He's catching now? He's well, I, I mean, we love catchers. Uh, let's see. What's he doing this year? When he, got, when he got moved to Vegas, he was doing really well. Um, in Las Vegas, in 108 or 196 plate appearance, 96 at bats, he's hitting 271, uh, two home runs, 22 runs driven in. Overall, this year, he's hitting 288 between Midland and Vegas. 24 25. He is 25. He'll be, 20, well, he'll be 26 in December. Times now. For his career, times now. So maybe shortstop is Hernandez, Allen, Logan Davidson battle. Dude, you're going to be 26. It's, it says on here that, uh, okay, he's played third, first, second, and short all this year. And he did that in mid, he's done in both levels. Uh, think about first base. He's not playing first base. Off days, you know, Noda needs a day off. He's, I, I'm officially declaring it the no first base zone for him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, okay, could he pick up the glove shirt? Emergency I mean, first baseman. But, yeah, that to me, that gives hope. I, I have no idea for Colorado. I will admit the uh, kid he brought up, Tovar, this kid is yeah. in, he, he's in the notes all the time. Yeah. I haven't seen him, but he's in the notes all the time. Remember, Brent, uh, Brendan Rodgers is hurt, and he's probably the – This is the this is the battle of the cronies. Yeah. Father and son. Yeah. Assistant hitting coach versus power hitter who can't stay healthy. Could be gone by Tuesday. He is gone by Tuesday. Where, where are we? Grichik is definitely going to be gone. He sounds like a Yankee already. Sounds like a Cashman move. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, we got to go get a big name. In the is anybody mix it, missing Jerks and Profar? Jerks and Profar, 239, seven home runs, 34 RBIs. Jerickson Profar, an OPS of, take a guess. Take a guess. Coors Field, it is Coors Field. Take a guess. 704. 704, no. Too high, too low. 704 is not close. It's, it's Coors Field. Uh, well, I figured I thought this was a trick question. That's why. Uh, 774. 689. Okay, all right. So it was lower. <laughs> Jerickson Profar. Interesting. I'm still not over him not getting hit by that, leaning into that pitch in that <laughs> raised wild card game. All the momentum could have went right back to the A's favor after the Manaya gave up the home run. To, isn't he? To isn't Andy he Diaz. a great example? It's like the Franklin Barreto. At least he's had a career. But oh, he's the best prospect in baseball. Jerickson Profar was the best prospect in baseball. The Rangers had a few. Remember the other guy the Rangers had was highly touted. Uh, Rugnet Odor. Rugnet Odor mm-hmm. still bouncing around. He's free agent. Uh, Padres, Padres cut him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but isn't that amazing? How, how you get that label. It's a great label because you will get ample chances. Because there's going to be all these people in these organizations who liked you, right? And all of a sudden they can get you now. Like the Padres had him out in left field. And you're like, Bob. Bob Mel- Bob Melvin knows Jurek's and Profar. Problem is... A.J. Preller, who runs the Padres, came from where? Texas. Wait, wait for it. Where? Texas. 
Where was Jerickson Profar, the number one prospect? Uh, that'd be the Texas Rangers. So how is Jerickson Profar getting the opportunity in San Diego in left field? A.J. Preller. Because he earned it? Because <laughs> the numbers prove it out? Like, why would you even be Jerick? I remember when people were like, hey, you know, Jer- this offseason, people like Jerickson Profar is still out there. Yeah, because he stinks. Where's he playing in the lineup today? He's in left field. He's a left fielder now. This guy was supposed to be a middle-of-the-infielder star, and he stunk. And now they've moved him around. He can't throw. He can't hit. He every once in a while would run into one, especially with the A's. And every once in a while he'll run into it. Oh, you're going to go to the old. See where he's at in defensive run saved. I bet he's not that. Remember, he's got horrible range in the outfield. Can't throw. And he can't throw. But, I don't know, let's see where he is. I was never impressed with him as an outfielder. Uh, Where's his defensive run saved at? Uh, Wow, that's. Wow, he was Nick. Um, negative twenty. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's accurate or not. Uh, let me, in, in San Diego, he was negative twenty. Yeah, let me see. He uh, boots balls all the time. He's terrible. What's he's on the? Uh, let, me, let me pull him up on the Rockies because that'll be easier for him to do it. Profar overall this year as a Colorado Rocky is a negative eight. He's a negative eight defensive run. That's save. all positions, not just left. That's just and he plays anywhere. He's hitting two thirty nine. What, what year did we see the? What year did we see he was a negative? That was last year in San Diego. It was minus twenty. Jerickson Profar, at the age of thirty years old, still getting a job, still getting paid. Jerickson Profar, you want to know what his WAR is this year? It's a negative, probably. Minus 1.2. He's below replacement level. He's below the unknown guy from AAA, and he's still getting paid, and he's still. He's getting 7.7. It's a prorated deal, right, because he didn't sign at the beginning of the year. Yeah, by the way, Juan Soto was a negative 5 last year for the Padres. He only played half the year there. Jer- uh, Jerickson Profar right now. Is it's some type of deal with like Padres still involved? Whatever, it's like seven point seven million mm-hmm. to be a negative WAR, to be a two thirty nine. This is all still based on everybody like, hey, he was a top prospect in baseball. I think we're past that now. Oh my god! Once again, you want to trade people? You want to trade known con- commodities for the unknown? What's the unknown? Jerks and Profar. Well, that's what everybody wants to trade. That's why I said to you, I could, I could get it. I mean, is is Marcus Stroman? I'm just gonna bring him out. Are you telling me we're running out of time here? Yes. How much time? How? Give me. We, we have we have literally three minutes. We'll have three minutes left over. I'd like to play some sponsors. Marcus Stroman, twenty-two starts, has a three-point-five-one ERA. He's a two-point-four WAR. Yeah. He's been, I mean, he was even better, but his last few starts have been horrible. Okay. I'm okay. I, I just don't. Bellinger's 28. You might have found something. Why would you dump him? For the unknown of what we've already proven today and with numbers that the odds are you're not getting greatness for him. But that's just trading the known for the unknown because this unknown is great, but then we break, when we break out the percentage of that unknown, you're going to see it's not. It's a lot of jerks and Profar. And a lot of worse than jerks and Profar. Most likely, yes. Do you want me to break? Yes. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you this. Fascinating. Our weekly conversation with our national baseball columnist, Eno Saris. 
We're going to talk about A's that could be traded, why Tony Kemp has value. We're going to talk about some of the guys in baseball, how they have changed themselves as pitchers. And guess what? They're going to tell you getting outs is more important than their actual data. Are you shocked by that? No. Guys actually said to Eno, hey, I got to go get outs. Really doesn't matter what the data says at times. I got to get people out. (laughs) Yeah, it's a sport. That's how it's played. What am I missing? It was fascinating. We had all kinds of stuff. Yeah, talk J.P. Sears. Yeah, we talked Sears. Plus, he's he's pitching tonight. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff in there. A lot, a lot. Oh, uh, trades. Who's helping themselves? Otani staying with the Angels. We got a lot to talk with our national baseball columnist, Eno Saris, next, right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno, how you doing this week? Doing great. It's uh, I, I'm wondering how this trade deadline is going to go. I mean, uh, there's there's so few sellers, and it's, it's an exciting time in baseball. But there's so yeah. few sellers, and you know everybody thinks they're a buyer. The Angels out here with a 15 percent chance of making the playoffs are, are buying the best starter on the market. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I, I'm always a little pessimistic with the expanded playoffs, so that the, the trade deadline is going to be going to be any good. And yet, a lot of times we look up, and it was pretty exciting in the end. Well, of course, the biggest news is always going to be Otani. Please give me your your top three where you think he could go. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I thought Otani was getting Anaheim, traded. That was Anaheim, Anaheim. I thought Disneyland. He's he's going to Magic Mountain. I thought he was going to get traded. What's going on? Yeah, you know. Uh, to be fair uh, to the Angels, like I, I did this, they're like, oh, only a 50% chance to make the playoffs. Well, guess what? They haven't had a lot of times where this year, this late in the season, they had a 15% chance of making the playoffs. They'll take a one in two, a one in five chance of making the playoffs. And then you have Otani go out there and win two games by himself, you know, throwing a shutout and, and hitting two homers in the nightcap. I mean, uh, he's doing ridiculous things out there. I, they have a bad schedule. Uh, if you look at the the Angels, they have a bad schedule. They get the Braves, uh, you know, you know, an interleague play. Uh, they get the they they get the Mets and the Phillies. Like they they, it's not the easiest schedule uh, for them, uh, even outside of the division. So, um, you know, I I I think it's going to be tough for them. But I say, you know, go for it. Who who knows yeah. if this guy in Double A, this young catcher, he's nice, but like. People say he can't even catch. What if he ends up being a guy that can't catch enough to catch and can't hit enough to be a first baseman? Then then you made the right deal. 
you know, I've never been a front office guy. I, but I would say I've been around long enough to know there could be a problem if a guy is a catcher and he can't catch. <laughs> I mean, that might be a problem. Well, the idea is he could grow into it. He's younger, you know, they, they've been aggressive with him. <laughs> I always love that. That, that. that is something, by the way, and we'll get into Giolito getting traded to the Angels. And, you know, I mean, my God, Verlander's out there now. Rumors about, of course, his wife is the superstar living in Los Angeles. You know, obviously everything's going to point to L.A., but the Rangers really want a top line pitcher. Maybe the Angels could pull off Verlander if he wants it. You know, then <laughs> I the don't talk, think they have enough left. <laughs> the talk is, you know, Houston could want him again, Texas, so all of that. But have you? I, I was thinking about it the other day, just watching MLB Network, and they were kicking around all these guys' names, and they got to the Cubs, and they're like, "Who?" By the way, the Cubs may want to hold on to some guys and go for it. Who knows? But Stroman and Bellinger, and it got me thinking because they threw out all these different names about. You know, oh, you got to move him and move him. I start thinking, how many prospects really are there out there? We keep selling these known commodities all need to be moved for unknown. Like the unknown has become so great in baseball. These unknown prospects. These, are there really that many unknown great guys out there? How many unknown nameless, faceless prospects to the baseball world? Not to the scouting world and the front office world, but... Are there really that many good prospects? Are we really, the future of baseball is just so bright that we have this abundance of just, oh my God, these guys in the minor leagues are amazing. It's the siren song of the six years of team control and the three of them and a minimum salary. It's all about sort of salary suppression in a way. It's it's the idea that like we might have a a great young player that we pay $600,000 a year for three years, you know, that's, that's the, that's what they're going for. But uh, it's interesting that the the prices have, in terms of what people are willing to spend for for players, uh, in terms of prospects, they've dropped so far that I think it might make sense uh, to be a buyer because you just got Lucas Giolito, who is the the best rental arm on the market, and Ronaldo Lopez, who is a very good setup man. You just got both those guys, and you didn't give up. I mean, some lists have Edgar Carrero, the the catcher in the top 100, but at 80, and some some lists don't they, have. They them. were what two and three in the Angels system. Yeah, but the Angels system is horrible. So you, yeah. you got to look, think about it in, in general terms. And and so they barely got a top 100 prospect back. Let's let's give them one top 100 prospect in that deal. Top 100 prospects have a sort of a 50-50 chance of being major leaguers. It gets worse after that. And so you're going to see all these guys. Enrique Hernandez got traded, and, and Ahmed Rosario got traded. The Dodgers, they, don't, they didn't get traded for top 100 prospects. They got traded for people who have a 20% chance of being big leaguers, you know? And so there, there are teams where it makes sense to just add. And it also says, why should I sell if I'm the Cubs? If you're you're gonna give me back that a guy who has like a forty percent like what's Bellinger gonna get you a rental Bellinger maybe maybe he gets you a top one hundred prospect you get I get a fifty fifty chance I have a fifty fifty chance almost of of making the playoffs if I think about it in terms of my division like I just have to get past the Reds who are falling and and, and the Brewers who have no offense and I'm at five hundred so like I have to weigh that chance of making the playoffs with this this player that you're giving me that may not work out either. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Carlos Santana was just traded to the Brewers, right? I mean, 
that changes everything. Right. Yeah. The whole way. Uh, but that's the I kind also- of trade I would make if I was running a front office. I would make the Carlos Santana trades. I would make the smaller trades. If you think about it, remember the Braves when they went to the World Series? They got Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and yeah. Adam Duvall. Uh, they remade their entire outfield because they had lost. Uh, they'd lost uh, Acuna. Yeah, and they they didn't pay a single prospect that's in the big leagues or now for those three guys. Like that, I don't think they'll ever lose. They'll ever lose any sleep over the guys they paid for those. So I would, I would love to you know, make my team better by like grabbing, you know, a guy who fits a need here, like the Dodgers are doing with Rosario and Enrique Hernandez, two guys who can hit lefties, who can play the infield and play the outfield. Like that's the kind of thing I would do. I would, I would try to buy, uh, you know, smart and, and cheap. Before we get to, we'll get to the A's and what what you think the end of the deadline is going to look like, because some teams may get a little desperate here, and there's a reason for that. But when you look at what the Angels just did, is there a chance? Because everybody thinks that for sure Otani's gone. Is there still a chance they do make a run? And Otani, who actually does like playing there, and you still do have Mike Trout there, and they're looking to go add, and they're looking to win. Is there a chance he's still in the end? We make all this fuss about it, and in the end, he just stays in in Anaheim. Well, there's a possibility. They've done a lot of things to make him comfortable. In fact, their assistant pitching coach is one that he worked with in the offseason. <laughs> the guy they just hired to be the assistant pitching coach was a guy he'd been working with in the offseason. So they've done this uh, where they're listening to their star, and they've tried to make him comfortable and this is partially part of the process of wooing him, you know, from the Anaheim Angels standpoint. It's like, hey, we made our team better, dude. We care about you. We don't want you to play meaningless games. We want you to we want you to play meaningful games and we want to make the playoffs. And we just went and got Lucas Giolito. We just got the best rental starter that was available because we think you need help there. So, you know, Mike Trout's gonna come back in like a week. You know, handmade bones are yeah. just about pain and 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 uh and how much pain you can handle he can handle some pain so i think mike trout's gonna be back in a week i think they will make it close i just think it's tough they're up against a rangers team that banked so many wins already and they're up against an astros team that just seems to just be a juggernaut so you know and i don't think they'll necessarily get any help in the wild card race because the al east is 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 a tough division that's probably going to produce two wild cards all right so take my 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 verlander rumor about the dodgers uh, off the record, uh, your partner in co- crime, because I believe everything I read on The Athletic and <laughs> everything I get from people on Twitter from The Athletic, the commander has just sent me this. Dodgers are close to getting Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, who's got a great arm, but he just seems like such a weird dude. But anyway, Lance Lynn, <laughs> Joe Kelly. You wore a mariachi outfit to the to the uh, to, to to meet the president. <laughs> well, you and I both know the last time they were here, he was fighting in the clubhouse. No, a lot of people don't know about that, but after in the Oakland series against the White Sox, he was fighting with his own teammates in the clubhouse. I mean, eh. oh, and he had a whole like he made the whiner face at Carlos Correa and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a weird dude, but he's got a great arm, right? What do you think about that? Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, according to yeah, Ken I thought Rosen, that was going to, I thought that was going to, uh, to go to the, the Rays. The Rays were, uh, rumored there. 
Yeah, Lance Lynn is another type of guy that I would love to get because I don't think he'll cost that much. He's a rental, not a lot of team control that I have to pay for. And uh, he is actually in the top 30 in the big leagues and strikeout minus walk rate among among starters. So, yeah, I don't want to say that he's been completely unlucky and he doesn't deserve his 6 ERA, but I do want to say in terms of striking guys out and limiting walks, he's still good. You know, and if you can just figure out why there's this other stuff going on, then, you know, and I think I trust the Dodgers pitching coaches pretty well. They're they're pretty good at getting the most out of their guys. So, I, you know, this is a this is one where, again, I think they've done a smart thing, you know, surprise, surprise. Yeah. So so that's where let's go to the A's. And I think about that where. Like if I'm acquiring Lance Lynn from the Dodgers, I, I'm not acquiring Lance Lynn's numbers from the White Sox. I think I'm bringing him in here and he's going to do a lot for us. So I think about that because a lot of the A's players, their numbers are down. But when you start to think about the trading deadline, you know, guys didn't have to make deals. And I say guys, I mean front office people. Because obviously Kim Ng has just pulled off a nice deal for uh, for the Marlins. David Robertson, yeah. Yeah, so if 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 you can't make a move now in the waiver wire process like we used to have, you have to if you you got to make something by this deadline or that's it. So that's where I wonder teams that aren't as as you, as you you know there's a lot of buyers not a lot of sellers. Could it be possible that David Force phone is ringing at the very last minute and like, well, I rather make a deal, you know, in the end, Ramon Laureano, he's got playoff experience. I know the numbers, I know after the PED suspension, but you know what? I need to make some type, Tony Kemp, I need to make some type of move. Is that when the A's really get on the board here? Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple interesting names. Uh, Trevor May, uh, you know, has he? Not everyone knows he's throwing a sweeper now too. So he's 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 throwing two different sliders. Um, you know, he's got a really good changeup because he's throwing Spencer Strider's uh, slider and then also a sweeper. So he's got two different sliders and this uh, splitter. I think he can help a, a bullpen, and he's a free agent. So that's an obvious one. Tony Kemp is a free agent and I, and somebody might think that he doesn't necessarily have a ton of value. Um, but I, I would say that the trades of Ahmed Rosario and Enrique and Ray, uh, uh, Hernandez say that Tony Kemp does have value because one of the rarer things in baseball is a guy who can play the infield and the outfield. There's just something about it that they're so different. The skills are so different that you don't normally have, you have your infielders, even the way the roster, if you look at active rosters on MLB.com, there's the infield group and the outfield group group like yeah we we separate them i remember daniel murphy they yeah. were just trying to get him on the field in, in new york they put him in the outfield and they had to do a chalk outline uh of of how bad he was out there <laughs> and he Where's never played body the was again. yeah <laughs> so uh you know there are players that just can't do that and so if you're a team that you know could use a lefty that does that grinds out at bats he doesn't hit the ball hard but he gets on base he's fast you know, he could be, you know, kind of a last player on a contender where, you know, he's a he's our pinch runner. He's he can play the infield. He can play the outfield. He's left handed like he could be that kind of bat. I could see somebody uh, acquiring him. But then I think the most fascinating uh, a is, is Ramon Laureano, because um, 
you know, in terms of hitting the ball hard, you mentioned the suspension. He has still hit the ball hard after the suspension. It, you know, um, uh, they, we talk about maximum exit velocity. He has one around 111. That puts him in the sort of top uh, quartile of the league. You know, that's that's a good exit velocity. He barrels at about 10% of that. That's above average. That's good. It hasn't mm-hmm. turned into a lot of power, partially because of the stadium, partially because of whatever. But, uh, you know, he there are things you like about him. Also, you know, it's really, really hard to get a center fielder um, in 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 trades right now. Bellinger is the only guy basically that can play center field that's available. I know Loriano is not the best center fielder. He can still play center field for you. And then lastly, he has team control. So you're not just buying from this year. You would have him until uh, 2020. uh, You'd have him, you know, next year and 2025. So he could be somebody that you slot in and say, this guy can help us for a couple of years. And his value is so low that if the if the A's try to come at you and say, well, you know, he's got years of control, you know, you, you got to pay for those. You got to give us a better prospect. I would say he's not even playing every day for your team. You brought him off the IL and he didn't even start that game when he came off the IL. He is losing time in the play in your outfield to Lede and Rooker and these guys. So you can't tell me that you really value those years of team control. You know, <laughs> you can't, you know, what you want a backup outfielder for the next two years, three years, like, you know, Give me him. He fits on my roster better. I need a right-hander. I need a guy who can play center field. The Phillies need a right-hander. The Yankees need a right-hander, uh, a right-handed outfield bat. They could use somebody that could also play center field. Harrison Bader's always hurt, you know. So, uh, you know, Phillies have the worst outfield defense in baseball. You know, you, you put Kyle Schwarber at DH. You put Loriano in left field. Uh, and uh, you put Bryce Harper at first base. And all of a sudden, you make that entire outfield better defensively, you know? So I, I think Loriano is really fascinating, especially since, you know, Tyler O'Neill, the Cardinals are, are making noise. Like they're taking him off the, off the Ross, off the trade deadline and they're not going to trade him. He's like Tyler O'Neill hits the ball hard, misses a lot, plays. He's right-handed plays good defense. Like, you know, if you wanted Tyler O'Neill, you should look at Ramon Loriano. I would just love to be on that conversation with you and David Forrest, when you go, he doesn't even play for you. Yeah. He doesn't even play for you every Don't tell day. Me you what need a better prospect. Smoking? You put him in the lineup then if you like him so yeah. much. You like him so much. I would love to hear that. I'd be sitting there with the popcorn, that Michael Jackson meme. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, going today is J.P. Sears. Want to go back to an article that you did about guys. You know, you've talked a lot about pitch shaping, right? And we got new pitches, you know, all of a sudden the sweepers become and JP Sears is a sweeper guy. And it's just fascinating to watch professional athletes always trying to get better and improve themselves. Yeah. And, you know, in particular, I talked to JP Sears, Hunter Brown, JP France uh, and Clark Schmidt about, you know, what they've done. And that's that was three you know, different organizations. So you get a little bit of a sense of, you know, uh, what different organizations, how they talk to their players and what their pitchers uh, talk about. 
Um, and, you know, all three of them talked about movement profiles, talked about, oh, you know, my, you know, induced vertical break, my, my horizontal break, you know, th that's the language of new pitching development. And that's, that's straight out of stuff plus. And that's like, oh, they told me my stuff plus would be better on my slider if I threw it harder, if I threw it this way, I threw it that way. So that's the normal part. But I was fascinated about sort of the second level, which is how does this all fit together? And so, you know, Hunter Brown added a sweeper. He throws a 92 mile an hour Verlander S slider, but he thought he thought I need another weapon against righties. So he started throwing a sweeper. Um, you know, JP uh, uh, France uh, started throwing his secondaries harder, but in the minors, he could get everybody to fish on a curveball outside of the zone. He can't get major league hitters to fish on the curveball out of the zone as much. And so he's been throwing the changeup a lot more in the zone and his strikeout rates in the minors 30% in the majors, 17%. It's night and day, but he said, it's about getting outs. And, you know, if they're not going to fish on my curveball like they did in the minors, yeah. And Clark Schmidt said, he said it outright. The, he was the most upfront about this. He said, it's not my job to maximize stuff plus. It's not my job to only throw my best pitches by stuff plus. It's not my job to be a reliever out there for five innings. It's actually my job to be a starter, turn the lineup over three times, show some pitchability and tell a story that where I put all of my pitches together in a way that gets me through a, a whole start. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm confused. You're telling me that a job <laughs> of a pitcher is not about what his data says. It's actually about getting the other team's hitters out. <laughs> I'm yep. confused. You yep. know, now you're gonna go tell me that the data doesn't matter and that it only matters if you score more runs than the other team. And that's what <laughs> I'm gonna say. You're out of your mind. You don't know baseball. Uh yeah. No, I mean uh, the data's still super important for them uh in terms of uh what they're doing, but um you know, I think what you're also seeing, like from Sears, for example, is, um, you know, the data did tell him that like he has good like ride for a guy who throws lower. Right. And so he, you know, the, the, he does trust his fastball. But as he's trying to, you know, get through lineups more, uh, he's had to develop his secondaries more. And I think uh, I'm looking at the numbers right now. I think he's throwing two sliders right now. And uh, that's really that's that's that makes a lot of sense to me, because if you throw a sweeper, he has a fastball, a sweeper and a change that makes him fastball sweeper against righties and fastball change against lefties. It's always better to have another another pitch in there. No doubt. You, you, you always want to be able to go, whether it's righty, lefty, you always want to be able to go in on a hitter and you want to yeah. be able to go away from a hitter because yeah. now he just can't look one zone. Uh, I'm going to use a golf analogy here, and, and it's and it's because we just recently had the the British Open. It's the Open Championship over in England, uh, the oldest major in all of golf. And they kept referring back to Tiger Woods, and I know he's greatness, and you never want to use, like, total greatness. But I'm going to use Tiger Woods because when Tiger Woods won at the same golf course, now it was burnt out because they were having a drought. It was 2006. Tiger Woods at that time, as great as he is, had no clue where his driver was going. None. Yeah. None. Like he, he had hit it real clue. far. 
He could, yeah, but he was foul pole to foul pole. Like he did (laughs) in 72 holes, 72 holes. Now, obviously the par threes doesn't count, but in the 72 holes of this event, he hit driver one time. He He hit iron. He just took it out of his bag. Iron over and over and over again and just let it roll on the dead fairways, basically. You know why? Because he just did what he did to compete and win. He didn't have his best. He didn't have his best stuff. Tiger went out for four days without his best stuff, without confidence in his driver. And while everybody else is playing their full bag of clubs, he wasn't playing his full bag, but he still won. His stuff plus that day stunk for four days. But what he did, but what he did was he's a competitor and he's a great champion and he goes the hell with it i'm gonna do whatever and that's the problem we're teaching our athletes in baseball that their stuff plus their best better show up every day and the reality is it does pete rose always has talked about if you're in a slump up in the box back in the box choke up like same swing same swing got you the big so it's like it's amazing how we're so into data which is great i love the data but at some point you got to go out there and win and compete yeah, and I think the lesson from this, I mean, Clark Schmidt said, like, I, I was like, are you throwing your sinker and your sweeper more against lefties? You know, because those are pitches that have big platoon splits. Like, why would you why would you throw those pitches more? And that's how we got into this conversation, because he was like, yeah, if I don't throw them, then I'm super predictable. Then they know I'm just cutter, you know, cutter change or whatever I am, you know, against lefties. They, they, they know that that's all they have to look for. So I have to throw these other things, even though they're not optimal, in order just to change it up you know, to change it. So I'm not predictable. And so I wonder if the thing that we have to think about or, or teams have to think about is just, you know, how do we, how do we mix these two ideas? One is I want to develop you by showing you how your pitches could best look like Verlanders and this guy's and glass nows and this guy, you know, I want to show, I want you to develop your pitches so that they work. You know, I want you, you're forcing him to have a ride or this. I want, I, I want to coach you in that way because in the minors, it doesn't matter about winning. And I just want you to have better pitches. So that, but at some point you flip that switch, you're in the major leagues and now it matters about winning. And you can't just be sitting there and be like, well, I had at least a, I had a 22 IVB on my fastball today. <laughs> eh, you got whooped, you know? So, you know, you have to somehow in the minors also prepare them for that. Like, you know, maybe it's good catchers. Maybe it's coaching the catchers to like, you know, go to the mound and be like, Hey, I know that the pitching coach wants you to, you know, work on your fastball today, but we also need to get some out. So, you know, let's throw some cutters here or, you know, whatever it is, you know? So uh, I wonder, you know, maybe triple a becomes a place where you care about winning again and you, and you, and you send them to triple a and you tell them, here in triple a it's not about what you're doing with your slider or your fastball or whatever it's about winning and we need to practice winning you know so that when you get to the major leagues you know ah crap my sweeper's not sweeping today everyone goes to denver everyone has to play in cores and in cores hunter brown was like oh yeah i lost seven inches off my fastball ride you know and 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 i lost five inches off my curveball and and martin maldonado came out and said dude this ain't working you know we got to do something else that's a lot. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you start thinking about what you normally have and not now, essentially, instead of having that, it's just spinning. Yeah. Hit yeah. me, hit me, hit me. 
right? In fact, the best pitches to throw in Denver are are uh, pitches that don't move as much. So tight sliders, hard sliders. So yeah, Hunter Brown was like, well, I throw a 92 mile an hour bullet slider. So I guess we're just going to throw a lot of those today. And like Daryl Kyle had that great overhand 12-6 curveball. And all of a sudden he got to Denver and it was just whoo. Yeah, exactly. So, whoo. so yeah, like, you know, and, and in the minors, you do have these parks. <laughs> And, you know, you could just shrug, you know, in double A and say, whatever, it's Colorado Springs, you know, whatever. Or you could say, hey, let's let's see what it'd be like to try and win here today and see what and, and make it work with whatever you've got and not just be, you know, I have to throw 10 curveballs today. Well, not if it's just spinning up in the air. Well, I'm excited. Starting next week, we're going to hear commercials from you. Yeah, I've got to voice the commercial for field work. We're gonna, we're gonna see. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll mess it up somehow. We'll write the scripts. You just got to use that lovely voice. <laughs> All right. I still, I still, every time I have to do it for my pod, I just, I just, I freeze yeah. up. <laughs> Get ready, Eno Saris coming to you inside Oakland A's games. It's gonna be fabulous. You have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. That's going to do it for Ace Cast Live today, Friday, July 28th. Ace Rockies coming up next. Jessica Kleinschmidt standing by with Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron. We want to thank Eno Saris, Mark Kotze, and the TV voice of the Colorado Rockies. Drew Goodman for stopping by today. Townie and I will be back on Tuesday at 4 o'clock ahead of the A's and Dodgers for Ace Cast Live. Ace Total Access coming up next right here on Ace Cast in the A's radio network. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.